Sam Sports Podcast. I'm ready to talk about some football. You ready to talk about some football? Okay. Let's just let's just take a breath. Okay. This weekend, NFC Divisional Playoffs. Eight teams. Four games. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. One of these teams is going to win the whole thing. But who's going to do it? I don't know. Let's think about it. Let's look at each game one by one, digest them, process them, pass them through our final part of our digestive tract, and then at the end of the weekend we will know who will be the final four going to conference championship weekend next week. First game on the docket, Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. They'll be playing Saturday, uh, 4.35 Eastern time in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. This is going to be a hell of a matchup. Everyone right now, I've been looking at a lot of stuff online, trying to digest who's going to win this game because I think it's a pretty tight matchup. There's a lot of favor for Kansas City right now. I think there's a lot of, you know, everyone's admitting and knowing that the New England Patriots are dominant, they're going to play well. I think that is reflected in the Lines right now, the Patriots are favored by four and a half points. Uh, but I think there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of excitement about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they had such a convincing win last week against the Houston Texans, a 30-0 to zero win. Uh, everybody on that Kansas City team, everything's kind of clicking in, on all cylinders at this moment. Sharkhandrick West and Spencer Ware have got the run game moving. You even saw so much good run game going, they put Niall Davis out there to run the ball a bit. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a colossal day. Alex Smith is not turning the ball over. The offensive line was able to really impose themselves a little bit in last week's game against Houston. Um, and uh, there's, some, there's some excitement going on, and you saw all those turnovers uh, by their defense. Kansas City defense produced all four interceptions on Brian Hoyer and a fumble. I mean, Brian Hoyer was god-awful, uh, but kudos to the Kansas City defense. Um, however, I must, I must take some pause as I try to digest this Chiefs-Patriots game, and I think about they've got some injury issues on Kansas City. Jeremy Macklin was hurt. High ankle sprain, thank goodness, his ACL is not damaged. They say it's a high ankle sprain. It's bad. There's a very real chance he will not play. And even if he plays, the man is not going to be at 100%. You cannot count on everything, you know, all of the potential that he brings to the field, which means there's going to be more burden shouldered by Albert Wilson and Chris Conley, two of the wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they can do a lot of package plays and, and create a, a a confusing offense and give different looks to defenses. Andy Reid is a seasoned, uh, you know, coach. He knows how to bring a hell of a game plan. He's got some clock management issues at the end of the game, but Kansas City brings an efficiency on offense that uh, is something to 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 not be. You know, you can't snub yourself at the. They, I think they led the league in in uh, least amount of turnovers. Alex Smith, that's one of the things he's, you know, he's been noted for is, is his ability to not turn the ball over. Uh, but let's take a look at the Patriots. We've forgotten a little bit about the Patriots. I was listening to Bill Simmons just today. Uh, he said something like, I think they played possum the last couple of weeks. Everyone's kind of forgotten about them. They had a couple of rough games to end the season. They've got players coming back. As far as we know, Julian Edelman is coming back from the broken foot. Uh, as far as we know, Danny, Danny Amendola is going to be playing the game. Brandon LaFell, Rob Gronkowski, all of the parts that the Patriots have 
Bill Belichick's game plan, Tom Brady's experience, running the ball, uh, Steven Jackson's now on the team, James White's on the team. There's going to be screen passes. There's going to be an offensive strategy that Bill Belichick and his experience will bring to that field, which is going to be some of the biggest game changers uh, in why I feel the Patriots are still going to win this game. I think everyone still kind of doesn't want to count them out. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. You can never count these guys out, even with the injuries, even with the offensive line play. There's been issues with their offensive line. There's been injuries on Tom Brady's offensive line. Uh, much of the talk of the town in the NFL is how awful the Patriots looked against the Miami Dolphins in Week 17. They, I think they had another clunker in Week 16. NFL and, and, and how this structured, people are very much with what's happening now. What have you done for me lately? Uh, there's a bit of an amnesia sometimes for the first half of the season, and sometimes it doesn't matter because what happened in the first half of the season is not what's happening now. The New England Patriots were fantastic in the beginning of the season. If anyone recalls, Deion Lewis was playing Pro Bowl caliber football. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, I think he had three touchdowns in the very first game of the season this year. The Patriots were putting 30, 35, 38. I think they even put 50 points on the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this season. Gives you a sense of the fact that they were uh, offensive powerhouses, but injuries crippled them. Uh, you saw Deion Lewis get hurt. You saw LeGarrette Blunt get hurt. You saw them bringing in these substitute pieces, and you saw the toll it took on their offense and their offensive line. Uh, their defense has certainly been effective all season, but has had some problems here and there. The secondary, but all in all, it's it's pretty solid. Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower, these guys, uh, these linebackers, the secondary with McCourty and Malcolm Butler, the superhero from last year's Super Bowl. Uh, these guys, I think, are going to come in and they're going to cause problems for Alex Smith. They're going to probably see if they can get a, a fumble. I, I see a fumble or some type of turnover coming out of this Chiefs team. Even though the Chiefs are so good at not turning the ball over, I, I think that you're going to see a very exciting defensive play happen for the Patriots in this game. And I think that even though we've had multiple weeks of wishy-washy play from the Patriots, I feel that this time they're going to come out and there's going to be guns blazing. I think the opening drive, they're going to go down the field. I think that they will have multiple completions to Rob Gronkowski. I think Gronkowski's got a touchdown in this game. Uh, I think you're going to see Steven Jackson have a touchdown in this game with a short yardage run. Uh, I think you'll see some Tom Brady quarterback sneaks. These are all traditional things you're going to see from these guys, but I don't see them coming and laying an egg against Andy Reid. The last two times these teams played was last year on Monday Night Football. Everyone remembers this. The Kansas City Chiefs absolutely obliterated and embarrassed Tom Brady and the Patriots. They were in Kansas City. They were in Arrowhead. It was a very, uh, you know, it's it's a dangerous enemy territory to be playing in. Um, and they got shellacked. And that was the game everybody was really like, oh, my God, Tom Brady's career is over. Bill Belichick should retire. But they came back. They turned the whole season around. They won the Super Bowl. And the Kansas City Chiefs ended up missing the playoffs. Um, it still doesn't scare me. I think that it's going to be a hell of a game, probably one of the best games we're going to see this weekend. I'm going to pick the Patriots. I think that uh, 
the only real offensive powerhouses you're going to see on Kansas City will be Travis Kelsey, and I think that the Patriots understand that, and they're going to shut him down. One thing Bill Belichick is good at doing is finding what you do well and shutting down that one thing. He will, Well, he shuts down many things, but he will shut down Travis Kelsey. The burden will be put on Albert Wilson's end-arounds and Chris Conley's um, slot receptions and and really, a lot of the burden will also be put on the shoulders of Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware. And uh, I think the, the, the Patriots will come with a game plan to stop and slow down and sputter the Chiefs. And I think it'll be a close game, but I think that the Patriots will put up at least a touchdown or a, or a field goal, which will kind of allow them to run away with the game in the fourth quarter. And I do think they'll beat this spread that I'm seeing here of four and a half points. It's going to be a hell of a game. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, and uh, I'm thinking the Patriots are going to take it. Now, we go to the night game. The night game for the divisional uh, on Saturday night is going to be the NFC. This is the Green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like this game is going to have some fireworks. I feel the fireworks pumping through my veins. I, uh, I think there will be fireworks but sadly, I think we're going to see a repeat of Week 16 with the Packers and the Cardinals this year. The Packers and the Card every other game this weekend, aside from the Patriots and the Chiefs, the two teams played each other earlier in the season. Packers and the Cardinals played each other earlier this year in Arizona, like this game's going to be, and Cardinals kicked the living shit out of the Packers. I, I, they really, it was rough. Aaron Rodgers was fumbling the ball. There was a few defensive touchdowns by the Cardinals. The Cardinals, it's hard to argue with this team. Everything is so good about them. There's very few things they do wrong. Carson Palmer's had a career year. Larry Fitzgerald's playing like it's 2008. Michael Floyd has come into his own. John Brown has come into his own. They've gone through multiple running backs only to find that the rookie David Johnson is the best running back that they ever had in the stable. Good play from Andre Ellington and Chris Johnson. It doesn't matter. David Johnson is a beast. He'll catch receptions down the field. He'll get receptions out of the backfield. He'll run the ball. This guy is a bell cow. He'll go all day. That's just the offense. I'm not even talking about the defense with Calais Campbell and 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 even with missing big pieces here, like seeing that Okafor is going to be missing the game uh, and Tyron Matthew tore his ACL a few weeks ago. These are all things that they've they've had to suffer these losses. But I still think they are one of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs right now and still primed to win it all. I'm going to say that right now. I'm, I'm feeling like the Arizona Cardinals are probably the team that's going to win it all right now. Um, there's a lot of uh, doubt, I think, from some people after seeing Week 17. They laid a pretty ugly egg to the Seattle Seahawks. However, I'm, I'm of the mind that they're going to come out with a game plan, and they're going to come out to play. That Week 17 game is a little bit of an anomaly. you got to move past that. This is the playoffs. Bruce Arians knows what he's doing. This man knows how to prepare his team. And uh, I think that... Um, they're going to come out, and it's going to be ugly for the Packers. The Packers, on the other side of the coin here, once again, what have you done for me lately in the NFL? Everyone's excited to see them come off this convincing, exciting Aaron Rodgers vintage win with the Washington Redskins. They showed up. They put 35 points on the board. It was an offensive explosion. Aaron Rodgers was doing thing. You know, he was doing his thing. He was he was. Reading the defenses, calling them off sides, getting 12 men on the field, moving the feet. He was hot, guns, <laughs> just doing his thing. And uh, he came off with a convincing win, and it really sort of puts all those Packer fans at ease. But they were playing the Redskins. 
Redskins are, I don't know how good that team is. They had a lot of hype coming around them too, but they showed up and after that first quarter and that second quarter where they put some points on the board, they had a nice offensive game plan with Kirk Cousins, they could not respond to the Packers when the Packers came back and actually started going down the field and being abusive with them and starting to really say, all right, this is the playoffs. You got to show up, put up or shut up. You're going to stop us when Aaron Rodgers wants to throw this pass to James Jones right down the middle of the field. What are you going to do? What what you going to do? Well, they lost. That's what they did. But this Packer team, can they bring that same excitement and fire and, and take it into Arizona and do it against one of the best defenses in the league and do it against, you know, and, and, and slow down? Are they going to, is the Packers defense going to be able to slow down that Arizona offense with Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown? These, these guys are exploding and the run game is out of, out of this world. I mean, the Packers' defense had problems with the Redskins in the first couple of quarters. You know, they clamped down later in the game, but those first couple of quarters, it was all Redskins all day. So I, I, it's tough for me to say this. I, you know, I've got some Packer fans. Noah, I'm talking to you, man. I know you're feeling this Packer team, but I think they're going to get beat up by the Cardinals. Uh, I think that, um, well, there's new news. Now they're saying Devontae Adams for the Packers is not going to play. He sprained his MCL in the game against the uh, Washington Redskins. Um, interesting play. I think he caught the ball and someone sort of fell on him awkwardly, bent his, his knee the wrong way a little bit. wasn't too bad, but it's bad enough that he's probably not going to be playing in this game. So now you're seeing um, uh, Randall Cobb. You're seeing um, uh, John Kuhn. You're seeing Eddie Lacy. You're seeing these are the guys who are going to be your, your, your receiving core. You know, one of their bigger pieces is gone. And it just takes an it, it damages this Packer team in such a spot when they really need to be they need everything at they need their all everything at their full disposal if they're gonna beat one of the best teams in the league. And I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm thinking the Cardinals are gonna take this game. Uh, the line here is whoo, whoo, says here the Cardinals are gonna win by seven points. I will take it. I think they'll beat it. Um, I think the Cardinals move on. It'll be a hell of a game. I think that it's. I think both teams will put points on. Uh, I mean, at least enough to make it exciting. I'm hoping, and I'm. I'd like to be confident that the Packers are not just going to be offensively inept. I think that they will find a way to move the ball against Arizona, but I still think it's going to be a little ugly for that offense. I think we'll see an interception by Aaron Rodgers or a fumble. Those guys are going to get in the backfield. That offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. I think they were able to handle Washington in the second half, but they're not going to be able to handle Arizona in that front seven. Ooh, ooh, God, it's, I'm getting a little unsettled thinking about it. Jeez, Jesus Christ. So um, next games, we got to talk about the next game. We go to Sunday games, the Sunday games, the earlier games, the ones that are earlier in the day, not the primetime games. It's Sunday. They're still acting like divisional weekend. Sunday is, you know, it's still, once you wake up early in the morning, go to church, come home, and, you know, then go to uh, – you know, go watch the game behind your, your TV, crack a beer. But first game we have, oh my goodness, this is, you know, it's such a great weekend. All these games are going to be such exciting matchups. This is, I don't know which one's better, the Patriots-Chiefs matchup or this one. The Seattle Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers. This is a 1 o'clock Eastern game. It will be in North Carolina. Cam Newton show, the MVP candidate, ripping open his shirt, number one, Superman, doing the dance, popping the head, top, 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 running all over the place. His numbers are just 
bonkers to look at, throwing the ball everywhere, running everywhere. He is the engine that makes this whole team go. There's so many things about the Panthers that you can really talk about. Um, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to Cam Newton and what he does. And I think he's probably going to win MVP this year. The team went 15-1. and They had great, they had blowout wins. They had improbable wins. They had come-from-behind victory wins. But all in all, they had wins. 15-1. and This team is primed to do it all. And they, did, and they did it without key pieces of their team. Kelvin Benjamin tearing his ACL in the preseason. Managing to do all of this offensive excitement with no names. Well, not no names, but Ted Ginn Jr. and rookie Devin Funches and Derek Kochery. I mean, these are guys that you're not thinking are going to be at the top of the charts on your wide receiver core. Uh, Greg Olson is one of the best tight ends in the game. When you're thinking the offense of the Panthers, you're thinking Cam Newton, you're thinking Greg Olson, and we can hearken back to week six. Now, as I said before, these three matchups, aside from the Chiefs and the Patriots, have played each other earlier in the season. So the Seahawks and the Panthers played each other earlier this season in week six. I believe it was in Seattle. And these two teams, they got a little bit of a rivalry going on right now. I don't know if people are always are thinking about this. Those of you who know know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, let me articulate. The last couple of seasons, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, this Panthers-Seahawks team, they've played each other a couple of times. Last year, they played each other in the divisional round, just like they do this year. And the Seahawks eliminated. They beat them, and they got rid of Cam Newton. And, uh, and they played him last season as well. And I think they even played them the season before as well. So they've had a couple of close matches where it's gotten really tight. And at the last uh, second, there was a game, you know, where someone's, I think one year, Steve Smith was still on the Panthers. He scored a touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, and then the Panthers or the, uh, the Seahawks ended up kicking a field goal to win it at the last second. The final score was like 12 to seven, something like that. Uh, they've got some history. They've got some closeness. So this week six game, when you saw the Panthers finally win, because typically the Seahawks were taking it, because they've all, there's the Seahawks. The Seahawks have kind of turned into their own little Goliath right now. They've won so much. They're, they're the team to knock off the pedestal. Even though the Panthers are 15-1, and one, you, still haven't, you still haven't won a Super Bowl. The Steelers, uh, or the Seahawks are coming in here toting the chip, on the ring on their finger, being like, excuse me, <laughs> got to wipe this ring here. Sorry, man, until you can beat me in the playoffs – all of your wins mean jack shit. A regular season win, that don't mean nothing. So the Panthers, even with their 15-1 record, I think still have something to prove. Even with a home crowd and everything, it's just going to be that much more embarrassing if they drop a game to the, to the Seahawks. They'll make, they'll make the, you know, it'll, it'll be the exact same thing those Vikings fans felt. Well, maybe not. Seeing their own kicker miss a chip shot at the end of a game is a, a different feeling than just downright getting beat by the Seahawks. The Seahawks have, have just put pain... And, and terror and awfulness into the heart of the fans of so many people. Last year it was the Packers. This year it's the Vikings. And it could very well be the Panthers if they go into Carolina and do a dance on Cam Newton's face. But let's keep focusing on Cam Newton and the Panthers right now. I'm not done talking about how fantastic this team is. They still have something to prove. Week 6 game, they won off of this brilliant touchdown to Greg Olson, which was a blown coverage. It was a blown coverage by Sherman and Earl Thomas. These two guys had a miscommunication, which rarely happens. And now I know victories one way or the other go all about regarding little plays here and there. But that was a blown cover that rarely happens. And you've got to really ask yourself, how many times are they really going to let those things slip by them again? 
And if you take away that pass to Greg Olson to win the game, the Seahawks win the game again. The Panthers would have lost the game. Uh, Cam Newton threw a couple of interceptions in that game. It was a very physical game. Uh, and something else which is uh, not being mentioned too much is that Week 6 game, as I said before, what have you done for me lately? The first half of the season is a whole different animal when you relate it to the second half of the season. Week 6, that game, Seahawks-Panthers, that was the first half of the season. Maybe somebody is not mentioning to you the fact who the leading receiver was for the Seattle Seahawks. It was Jimmy Graham. He had eight catches for 140 yards against the Carolina Panthers, okay? Jimmy Graham is done for the year. He's not on the roster right now playing. So that's a key tight end who is able to damage you and hurt you on the offense who's going to be missing this time around. Now, the excitement that um, Tyler Lockett and... Uh, Doug Baldwin have been, uh, you know, raising up in Seattle with this offense is something to maybe put yourself at ease if you're missing Jimmy Graham. But I still am not sold that this Seahawks offense is going to be able to move the ball like they have been against those last couple of weeks of the season. They had a lot of difficulty last week against the Minnesota Vikings. And if it wasn't for the Vikings giving them a few turnovers and the opportunity to actually get in scoring position, I think the Vikings still would have taken that game even if it wasn't for the chip shot. It was two key plays. It was the Russell Wilson amazing drop the ball, pick it back up, throw it to Tyler Lockett play. And then it was the fumble by Adrian Peterson. Um, as something else to be said, speaking of Lockett's, Ricardo Lockett, who is, you know, finished for the season as well with the neck injury, he had a 40-yard touchdown strike in that Week 6 game to, against the Panthers. So these are key guys who didn't play in that instance, or key guys who played in that, uh, in that game who are not playing in this game. Uh, so, talked a lot about the Panthers. Um, I think the glue is going to come back to Cam Newton. Cam Newton, this man, when he needs a running play, he gets it. Cam Newton, can we look at how many, like, I just, oh, God, I want to I wanna just gobble up his, his stats right now. I mean, he's, he's run the ball so much. When they need to get into the end zone, he runs it in. When they need a short yardage play, he usually runs for it. He's got the, like, his passing ability and his decision-making has improved so much that it still comes back to him. He's the guy that makes Jonathan Stewart get down the field. He's the guy or Jonathan Stewart is a good running back, and he's coming back from injury. So now you got Jonathan Stewart hopefully playing in this game. The reason why he's effective is because Cam Newton. The reason why Ted Ginn has, has double-digit touchdowns this season is because Cam Newton. The reason why Devin Funches and these guys are rising up and actually shouldering the burden against good defenses is because of Cam Newton and because of that man. And now let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about, okay, I've, I've, had, I've had my Cam Newton orgasm, okay? I felt it. I, I hope you were there with me because I was there. I, when, at some point later in this podcast, I'm just going to pull up his stats and I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, Cam Newton's got this many blah, 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 yeah. Um, let's look at their defense for right now. I'm not even done talking about the Panthers yet because the team is so goddamn good. Uh, the defense with Charles Davis and Luke Kuechly, or Kuechly, I don't know how the hell to say it, Kuechly, something like that, but um, these guys are tenacious. And seeing the Minnesota Vikings defense kind of give a lot of trouble to the um, uh, the Seahawks offense last week, and, and also seeing the Seahawks offense be stymied. Even with this um, fantastic offense we saw at the second half of the season, they were stymied by the Rams in Week 16. They were stymied last week by the Vikings. Um, it, having that moment where they couldn't move the ball, where they really were turning it over, the run game has been, a, it, since Marshawn Lynch and Thomas Rawls have gone down, uh, the run game has really, really suffered. 
And I think that we're going to see the Panthers give real problems to that Seahawks offense once again. I think they've been watching the last couple of games, and I think the Panthers are a hell of a defense that's smart. Um, they're going to have to we'll, – we'll see. We'll test it out with their secondary. Uh, they still have Josh Norman, who I think is definitely one of the best young cornerbacks uh, that is in this league. However, they are still missing Charles Tillman and Ben Berwicki. Uh, they're going to need to replace these guys. So they're losing something, but I think one of the things you've seen the Panthers do all season is next man up. They figured out a way to find guys to come in and replace these injured players and not – you know, not really. Well, they missed a little bit of a beat. Towards the end of the season, they were winning games, but their defense was still giving up chunks of points and yardage. And it's going to be something to see going into this tenacious game. But I think with the game planning, with a week off and bye week and the home crowd, the Panthers are going to be ready. They, they've, got the, they've got the look in their eyes. They want this. They want to win it. And they got the eye of the tiger. It's the they've, they've got it. It's, it's, there's a drive there. So I, I think they're going to come in ready to play. Seahawks. I've been blabbing a lot about the Panthers, but the Seahawks. So, interesting game against the Vikings. I think in a lot of respects, they lost that game. They played very well, but they were really inept for most of the game. Their defense was there, but I think that the Panthers have a better defense than the Vikings. Um, I, and I think that Russell Wilson and the offense, they, they kind of didn't show up a little bit. It was a little ugly. I mean, he got that touchdown to Doug Baldwin. That's saying something. He was able to get it in the end zone when they were in the red zone. Um, but I really saw some sputtering. And I think that the Panthers have a smart enough they'll, – they'll have a smart enough defensive plan, and they'll take some notes here that I, I, think, I think they're going to slow down the offense. And I think that the Seahawks, you're going to see what happened with the Vikings again happen this time. And I think that the Panthers are going to be able to squeak out more points – via the prowess of Cam Newton, then you will see Russell Wilson doing another miracle save-the-day play. However, with Russell Wilson in the playoffs, I can, I'm going to count on that happening. I think there's a very good chance that he's going to do something where he's going to do a backflip and he flips over and he hands it off to a flea flicker and he throws it to himself and he runs down the field and then he does a weird sack where he somehow you know extends the arm and gets the touchdown and he... he God, he's amazing at doing that. He's, he's almost got just highlight reels of some insane, ridiculous scramble play that turns into a fourth and 18 touchdown pass. Um, I don't know how many exciting fireworks that will happen in this game. I bet you there will be a play where he does something, but I don't know if it's going to be game-changing and, and will win the game for them. Marshawn Lynch is probably coming back. However, I don't think he's going to be 100%, and I don't know if the offensive line play for the Seahawks is going to allow him to run. I don't know if that's really the Seahawks. I felt their run game was pretty forgettable last week against the Vikings. And I think that's another thing that hurt them. And I think their run game has still really suffered since Rawls and Lynch went down. And I don't know if Lynch coming back, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. And I don't think him coming back, this uh, is going to be a big change for their run game. And I think it's another reason why their offense has been sputtering and why I don't feel excited that, um, they're going to be able to get find the holes and the spots in the Panthers' defense. And I think those moments will be the difference makers. Those things will be the reasons why um, my prediction is, is I believe that the Panthers will win this game. Um, I think that, what is the line right now? Okay, right now it's saying the Panthers by two and a half, or the, excuse me, Panthers by two and a half points. Um yeah, that's going to be a close game. I think the Panthers will probably win by three or two. Yeah, 
I don't I don't know if they'll beat that spread, actually. I, th- I think I'm going to say Panthers will win and not beat that spread. Uh, wow, yeah. It's going to be... I think Cam Newton. Cam Newton's going. Cam Newton is going to do something extraordinary in this game. He's going to. He's going to run it in, or he'll have two touchdowns where he run them in. Um, and I think a, a lot of the fireworks and a lot of the excitement will be Cam Newton versus the Seahawks defense, the Cam Chancellors and the the Richard Shermans and the Earl Thomas and and I think Cam Newton is going to win that battle. I think it's a it's the Legion of Boom versus Cam Newton and. I think Cam Newton's going to win that battle. I think he's he's got he's got the the army. He's got the the David and Goliath slingshot. I mean, in some ways, Cam Newton is a little Cam Newton's Superman. I don't know if it's called David Goliath, whatever. The man is Superman, and Superman can leap tall buildings in a single bound. And I think you will see Cam Newton will will leap an entire pile into the end zone for a single touchdown at certain times. Um, Legion of Boom is exciting, but we saw. You know, we saw problems, not problems, but we saw openings. You saw last week in the Vikings game, at the end of the game, when the Vikings should have won the game, they had that drive where he flipped the ball to uh, Kyle Rudolph, and he made Cam Chancellor look like a fool. Cam Chancellor had a penalty on that drive, and then got he blew the coverage on that drive. I think he he didn't bite on it. He, he tried to jump the route, and he didn't time it right, and... Kyle Rudolph broke away and essentially put them into field goal range. If friggin' Blair Walsh would have kicked the gut, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but that was another moment where you saw sort of flaws or, or kind of moments of, of of missing the you know the target with the Seahawks defense, and it just showed me that they're you know it's hard to go to three straight Super Bowls and it's hard to keep winning on the road like that. And the Panthers are just on a roll and. I think it's time. I think it's time for the Panthers to win. I think they will beat this Seahawks team. I'm picking the Panthers, I think. And you know what? I don't think they'll beat that two-and-a-half-point spread. I think it's going to be very, very, very close. Probably a field goal, and it probably will be something along the lines of whichever team has the ball last. Um, So that's my call on the uh, Panthers-Seahawks game. Very exciting. I do think Doug Baldwin will have a touchdown catch. I'm going to say yes on the Doug Baldwin touchdown catch. Um... I don't think I don't think Marshawn Lynch will have a good day. That's that's something else I'm going to say. That that's the last point I'm making, and I'm done with this. Um, final game of the weekend. Final game of the weekend. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Denver Broncos. Wow! If there wasn't any more drama and uncertainty to a game, in my opinion, I mean, I can't think of one. Uh, so, which matchups are going to be good? I mean, I think Chiefs-Patriots will be a decent matchup. I think the Packers-Cardinals is probably going to be a blowout. I think Seahawks-Panthers might be the best game of the weekend. But the drama, there just seems to be drama oozing from the Steelers and the Broncos game. We've got Peyton Manning and the Broncos coming back after a long absence. He really, I don't know if he's going to be good. People are saying, I read an article today that said, oh, he's healthy. He's feeling better than he's felt in months. This guy hasn't played in months. And when he was playing, he was bad. He was, he, he was leading the league in interceptions. He led the league in interceptions, and the man only played like nine or ten games this season. Come on, guys. He was not playing well. And the thing that Denver's talking about doing, which they should be doing, is running the ball more. And that's actually what got them back into their winning ways when they started winning towards the end of the season with Brock Osweiler. He was being effective in the air, but they were running the ball. Ronnie Hillman, uh, C.J. Anderson, 
That also, their run game masks the poor play of their offensive line. Their offensive line doesn't need to work too hard when they're just running it, when they're opening up some gaps and forcing the plays quickly. When they have to step back and actually pass protect for Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler, it wasn't working that well. The defense, the offensive line for the Broncos has been having some difficulties this season. So I think uh, uh, there's drama for me because I don't know if Peyton Manning is going to be effective. And then we need to start talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which I think looked pretty tenacious against the Bengals last week. However, they were playing AJ McCarron. I think a lot of people gave AJ McCarron credit, but he's still a young and you know, well, young. I don't know how I don't know how old AJ McCarron is, but he's fairly inexperienced. I've been watching football for the last bundle of seasons, and I haven't seen him start a game up until recently. So I'm going to consider him green in my book. So they were playing a guy who was a new quarterback. Yes, you've got Peyton Manning. But I can just see a few of Peyton Manning's passes just floating up there, being underthrown, and getting picked off. Or a fumble popping out with a C.J. Anderson or a Ronnie Hillman. So I see the Steelers' defense being opportunistic. And we can see from last week that they're physical. I mean, Ryan Shazier knocked Giovanni Bernard clear out cold. So we know that they're a physical team. They're going to be aggressive. This game will also be very physical. Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um... Let's shift the ball a little bit to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos defense. They have one of the best defenses in the league, the best defenses in the league, and I think that is going to be one of the, the biggest difference makers in this game. The Von Millers, the Chris Harris, the TJ Ward, the Aqib Tlaib, the Brandon Marshalls, these guys are animals. And DeMarcus Ware, it's not an accident that they are dominating and putting up the stats that they did. It's not an accident that their quarterback, Peyton Manning, was playing, I love you, Peyton, but you were playing so poorly this season that they were still 7-2 and two when Brock Osweiler took the keys to the car. And the reason was because their defense was fantastic and still is fantastic. And we need to think about, will they be able to sufficiently shut down and stop the Steelers? Everything is saying that they should. Everything is saying that they will be able to make that happen. However, as I said earlier in this podcast, this is one of the games where these two teams played each other earlier in the season. They played each other this year in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers beat them. And it was a game where the Denver Broncos were pretty much dominating most of the game. Brock Osweiler was quarterbacking. They had the game in hand. The Steelers had trouble moving the ball. However, in the fourth quarter, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown put on a show. And if you recall, the numbers of, from Antonio Brown in that game were astronomical. I think he had a 189 receiving yards. Ben Roethlisberger threw for 380 passing yards. They went on a bit of an offensive explosion in the fourth quarter, which is anomalous when you consider what Denver has been doing and what they did for most of that game. It's a little shocking that you think the Steelers were able to come back and win that game. So it gives you pause because it makes you say, well, can't they do that again? Isn't this going to happen all over again in this game? Uh, who's to say that Peyton Manning is not going to throw a couple of picks and the Steelers get a few defensive touchdowns and cause some problems for them and Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown have a field day once again? Um, a couple of things to mention are the health of the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, as we've been seeing reports now, uh, he's got a sprained AC joint. Uh, he has, they're saying, torn ligaments in his shoulder He's managing pain. The coach is saying he might be good to go. Um, I think he's going to play. I think we will see a, a 
We're gonna, he's not. I don't know if he'll be able to get the ball down the field to the Martavis Bryants and the Marcus Wheatons. I think he'll be able to. He'll try to do some of those passes, but sometimes even Ben Roethlisberger gets too hurt to function, and even Ben Roethlisberger hobbles around enough and hurts the team. And if that's the problem, they will put Landry Jones in, but I don't think they're going to really... If Landry Jones comes in, it just gives more favor to the Denver Broncos defense. Uh, So I think Roethlisberger will be hampered, and that's a strike against the Steelers. Also, they're saying Antonio Brown is not going to play. He got a concussion when he was absolutely nailed by Vontez Perfect. That was an ugly, ugly hit. Ugly, ugly hit. I mean... That's football, but damn, Brown got hit hard. So they're saying he's got a concussion. There's a very real chance he won't play. He shouldn't play. It's going to be a shame because they're going to be missing him, and he's a best wide receiver in the league. Uh, however, that's another strike against the Steelers' offense and what they can do against it. You know, they need Antonio Brown. Not having Antonio Brown hurts. That really hurts. That's a big piece of your offense. Not many wide receivers can affect the game like Antonio Brown can, and he is, and you don't have that guy out there on the field, I mean, you feel it. It's it's like, you know, I talk about basketball or, or other teams or other sports, sometimes a player that is that good, having them out there, even when they're injured, just having them out there to be the decoy, just to make the defenses go, well, we need to consider him because he's there. Maybe he's a decoy, maybe he's never going to get thrown the ball, but we don't know that when they run the route. We don't know that until at least halfway through the game when we realize that he can't catch the ball or he's not getting off the spot as quick as he wants to. Either way, having him out here just just strikes fear into the defense of, well, at any time Antonio Brown could catch something you know, in the middle of the field and break a tackle and be gone and have an 80-yard touchdown catch. And that can't happen on my watch. When he's not in the game, you lose that. When Antonio Brown sits, you're looking at Martavis Bryant to fill that role. You're looking at... Keith Miller to get more catches. You're looking at uh, uh, Toussaint and and who and Jordan Todman to do running. That was something else that was a perk from last week's game uh, against the Bengals. Was the run game for the Steelers went very well. Uh, Fitzgerald, Toussaint, and uh, Jordan Todman. They didn't miss a beat with those guys. Um, however, you might see that come out this week against the Broncos. Against the Broncos, I think they're going to slow down that run attack. And this is where I'm coming to my prediction for the game, which is that I feel the Denver Broncos will win this game. I thought about this long and hard. I really felt like the Steelers, I think, have the magic. I think the quarterback play for the Broncos really scares me, and I think the quarterback play for the Steelers, I kind of almost have this thing like Ben Roethlisberger will find a way to win. But I think that the Broncos defense, Broncos defense is the best, is the best player in this game. It's the best element of the game is the Broncos' defense ability to create havoc for Roethlisberger, for that offensive line, for their receivers, getting them out of rhythm, stopping their run game, getting in the backfield, breaking up plays, getting three and outs. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of that in this Denver Broncos game. And I think uh, Peyton Manning will do enough to play conservatively to get points on the board, make enough plays to win it. And I think if Peyton screws up and doesn't play well and he starts disappearing in this game, I think Kubiak will bench him for Brock Osweiler. And I feel confident that Brock Osweiler has enough to lead the team to victory still. That's something that's great about the Broncos, which I think is kind of messed up, is that both quarterbacks you can kind of rely on to do something. Well, 
I don't even know if you can rely on Peyton Manning, but they're going to give him a shot. And if he sucks, put Osweiler in there. They'll be just fine. Osweiler has proven that they'll be just fine with him in there. So I got to give favor to the Broncos. Um, let me see. I think it's the line is something crazy. Yeah, they're favoring the Broncos by six and a half points. I think that's a little unfair to the Steelers. I mean, you got to give the Steelers more credit than that. They're a hell of a football team. I think you got to, I mean, I mean, I think the Steelers would be beating the Packers in a playoff game right now. Um, but it's going to, but this is drama. There's going to be drama in this game, just with Peyton Manning and Roethlisberger, you know, those guys, fireworks will be around. It's going to come down to the end of the game and Roethlisberger's going to make some crazy fourth down pass and, you know, I, and Peyton Manning's going to have some atrocious interception or someone's going to fumble it. I really feel like there's going to be that. There's going to be some type of, oh, oh my God, why moment at the end of this game. Um, or it'll be a complete blowout, but I think there's going to be a crazy, oh my God moment at the end of this game. That's my feeling for the, uh, for the Denver Broncos-Pittsburgh Steeler game. Oh, God. Whew, whole lot of games going on this weekend. I'm so excited. I'm chomping at the bit to see these games. These teams are so good. It's so close, man. Oh, my God. You just chased it on my lips, man. Mm. Oh, yeah. So much football. It's just going to be hours and hours of it. Just six hours worth of football. Oh, no, no. Two days worth. Oh, no, 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 no. oh Saturday. Oh, football. Sunday. Oh, so much football. You can get all my food and my coffee and just lie back on my couch and just not move for hours and scream at the TV. It's going to be awesome. Ah. Okay. I'm picking the Patriots. I'm picking the Packers. I'm picking the Panthers. And I'm picking the Broncos. Whole lot of, or I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Wait. I'm picking the Patriots. I'm picking the Cardinals. I think I just got hooked on the the peas there. Picking the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Broncos. So I'm picking the uh, all of the favorites, which is all of the home teams. Uh, and all it's hard to get a, it's hard to bet against a team that's already gotten the bye. When you've gotten the bye, you've had you you typically had a fantastic season, and it's really. Difficult to think they're not going to be favored, which is sort of even more shocking when the road team wins. You know, when the 14-2 and Chargers lose at home to the Patriots, it's like, oh, it's even more gut-wrenching. You know, the Colts did that a couple of times. They had a bye-week game. I mean, Peyton Manning did it two years ago as the Broncos. He had a bye-week game. And, and um, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was last year. It was last year he dropped that friggin' game. Two years ago he went to the Super Bowl. He dropped that friggin' game to Andrew Luck last year. Just painful. But... Right now, I'm I'm four and zero in the wild card. So you know, I'm gonna see if uh, my Patriots, Cardinals, Panthers, Broncos picks ride me up to eight and zero after this divisional weekend. And and if I'm wrong, I'll go down swinging. I'd rather go down swinging. I'd rather be like, eh, there's a chance that the Chiefs can beat the Patriots, but I'm gonna say the Patriots. I'm gonna go with the favorites. If I'm wrong, well then I'll be wrong, and it'll just be exciting. Ooh wee. Um, Anyway, that's my two cents. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Give me some feedback. I just signed up on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to be on Stitcher really soon. I signed up with some podcasting survey and like tracking services. So I'll probably be sending out some stuff regarding that. I'll see if I can load it onto the podcast description. You know, do all the funky podcasting stuff that they tell you to do. And um, I'm going to be splashing it on there. But thanks for listening. I appreciate you taking the time. More of this stuff's going to be coming out soon. I'm going to see if I can get some people on here to talk with uh, some sports with me. I'm going to see if we can start getting into some NBA. I love NBA as well. And football season, very sadly, single tier, is going to be ending soon. Uh, the Super Bowl will be in just under a month, February 7th. Um, 
and uh, I think uh, I'm excited to see. Um, I'm sorry, I'm excited to see the Super Bowl, but we gotta get some basketball into this. Anyway, I'm rambling. We'll talk soon. Take it easy. Thanks for listening.